Hello and welcome to Self-Taught Devs. If this is your first time joining us, this is a show where two self-taught developers discuss the learning and growth experience for folks just getting into the industry. My name is Eric Winklespecht. And I'm Matt Ehrlich. And one goal that we have with this podcast is to highlight and celebrate other, other members of the community, uh, the software engineering community. Today, we are honored to have with us the fantastic big man on campus, Andrew Clarkson. Hey, Andrew. Fantastic. I love it. Hey, guys. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Um, you have been a great model for not only me, but for other developers, and you really practice what you preach, right? So you talk about uh, building in public and, and making yourself visible and also helping others, and you do all of those things. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Amazing. Um, when you guys reached out, I was stoked. Both of you, I see so much of my own journey in. So like, this is really cool. I, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I think we want to get into that journey, right? So I know there's a lot of people who have been following you for some some a long time, some more recent. Uh, I saw you do a reintroduction post recently after uh, getting getting some more folks on board, right? But let's You're let's take a up. yeah, let's take a step back and sure. let's talk about how you started, right? What what you were doing previously and how you found software engineering. All right. So I started out, um, I mean, I had all sorts of jobs before this one, but my most recent was I spent nearly seven years selling car parts at the local Chrysler dealership, which was a job I started out as just a parts delivery driver because I needed something else to do because I had burnt out in a previous industry. And I was like, all right, like, let's just go do something to pay the mortgage and see how that goes. And I was super successful in it and kind of climbed the ladder and, and got up as high as I really wanted to be there. And then due to a bunch of things kind of burnt out. But in the kind of end of that period, I had uh, I'd started learning to code. I wanted to learn to code for kind of my own, uh, my own hobby sort of just learning something to do. And I really enjoyed it. And then when things kind of started going south at work, I was like, maybe I should look into this. I've really been enjoying this. I reached out to a few people, uh, just at some companies I really kind of respected, really liked and heard good things about. And right off the bat, it was a coffee chat. I was like, hey, can I have that 15 minutes of your time? And I had um, one person that stands out particularly to me that I think we spent over an hour just talking, just kind of, she told me what was going on, um, what the industry looked like, what that particular company was doing. And I was immediately sold. I was like, I want this. This is something that I'm going to do. And from that point forward, I was just like hammer down. I'm going to learn this. Um, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get a job. But I really expected it to take me a lot longer to do. It wasn't until... I kind of came to the end of my time at the dealership job where I was like, all right, I really need to do this quick. I need to make this work fast. Yeah. And that turnaround was really incredible. It seems like you started, you learned for a little bit, and then you were able to get in really super quickly. Um, that was really awesome. What is your, or what was your learning experience like? What was that like for you? So as a self-taught developer, same as you guys, um, I started out, I just grabbed a Unity course. I actually, my first foray into it was not successful. I believe it was Code Academy I started on and nothing against Code Academy, 
but it did nothing for me. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I was confused. I was like, maybe this just isn't for me. Like maybe this is just going to be one of those things I'm interested in, but maybe I won't be good at it. Um, I have hobbies like that. That's totally cool. You don't have to be good at your hobbies. And so I was like, oh, but it went on and on. After a few weeks, I was like, this isn't clicking. Nothing's making sense to me. So I really need to figure something else out. So I got looking for other courses and other platforms. I looked at things like Free Code Camp. But then I found these amazing reviews of this woman named Angela Yu. And she had courses on LinkedIn, or sorry, not LinkedIn, on Udemy. And I know Udemy, they go on sale all the time. Like if you pay full price for a course on Udemy, you've done it wrong, right? So I was like, okay. And a day or two later, sale came on. I think I spent like $26 or $19, something like that. And I bought her Python course. And from like the first day, the first course, it just clicked. All of a sudden, everything made sense to me. I'm like, oh, I get it. This isn't so bad. And so I went through her entire course. And then as I was getting through that, and that was maybe halfway, a little further through that was when I realized, like, I think I want to do this. I kind of got looking into what do I want to do? What can I do as a developer? And that was when I realized I need to learn JavaScript. So does Angela have a JavaScript course? She sure does. So we got on that list. We bought that one completed that as well. And that was kind of a learning journey. That was the probably 90% of my kind of what would replace a boot camp, the self-taught part of it. The Udemy route is, it seems like the one of the more popular ones, right? The Angela U course seems to keep popping up for us. And uh, I know Matt and I both did that one as well. When you get to the end of that course, I don't know about when you did it. When I, when I was doing that course, at the very end of it had like the Web3 technologies. Was that in there when oh. you did that course? Literally, as I finished that course, like I was the day or two that I was coming to the very end of what it used to be, she added the Web3 stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Like, I, I'm done this course right now. Like, I want to learn the Web3 stuff. Web3, I, I come from that world in a different capacity. It was a big part of what inspired me in code um, is some communities I was part of and NFT communities. I used to do a lot of community management. And it was part of why I wanted to learn all of this. But I was like, I'm going to go back and do that. But I'm calling this course complete. And I'm not, like, I just don't have time. I'm not trying to get into Web3 right now. I'm trying to get into Web2, very just web stuff. And so I was like, no, we're, we're not doing that right now. Did you guys do the, the Web3 stuff? I looked at it and then I was like, this is too much, too different. Like, I got to get a handle on that other stuff first yeah. before you really start diving into it. Right. right. It, it's very different. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do it either. I actually went to like a web three in-person meetup and the person was talking and it was giving me a headache. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. So I decided to avoid that completely, at least for now. It's another level. So, so Andrew, you do the course, right? And you know, at the end of every Udemy course that you go through these like boot bootcamp style courses, the advice is always, all right, get out there and start building projects. Yep. Right. What, what was then like, what was your first major project? What would you consider your first accomplishment of a project? So I think with Angela, because she encourages you to build throughout it, there was a bunch of little ones that I did, but my like big project, um, the one that was like, okay, I've done all these things. I got to go out and struggle on my own was the, the auction app. So my parents and family business is auctions and moving and the software that goes along with online auctions, which my little sister manages the side of is just dated and awful. I'm like, I can do this better. So I did, it was really, when it comes down to, it was kind of the, the essential CRUD app. 
um, but it just had a different take on it, had a different spin, it had a lot of bidding and countdowns and stuff like that in it, but it was the standard. It had authentication in it. Um, you could add things, delete things, edit things, that sort of thing. Like it was very standard, um, but it gave me a lot to talk about. And it was something that I had a lot of experience in the specifics of. So it was something I could talk about, build in public, uh, which was amazing. And then on top of that, finishing that, because it was full stack, finishing that app was what gave me the confidence to be like, I can go apply for work now. Like I am ready, woefully underprepared looking back, but I felt prepared. And that was an important next step for me. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting that you were actually underprepared, but you felt good about it. I think a lot of times it's like, for other uh, newer de developers, we always feel underprepared and like never actually ready to apply for those jobs. And then once you learn one skill, you got to learn the other skill and then you got to learn the next skill and you never really truly feel ready. So how did you like manage that? Like how, how did you know you were actually ready? It, it, was it just based off of that full stack application? Yeah. I mean, it, it clearly wasn't a no, I was ready. It was, I just felt ready. And I'm a pretty confident guy to begin with I'm just like yeah we got this like we can do this and like I say looking back I had no idea but I was like I've, I've learned all these things I got the basics down I've been able to build something um never was this more clear than the first day that I started my job that I like I know nothing you know nothing Jon Snow like it was just like wow um but as for that confidence I I you're right most people aren't confident enough. They don't sell themselves enough. You've got to look at these skills. Um, a big one is just look back at how much you've learned. Like if you've been learning for a few months, look at day one, look at hello world. Like you had no idea how to make things happen on the screen. And now you're making, you're, you're deploying apps that are got all this, uh, all sorts of different functionality. You can add things. You got a database hooked up. You're hooking into APIs. You're just doing so many things that, 99.9% .9 of people just can't do. So that alone puts you so far ahead of the average person. Of course, we're comparing ourselves to the other developers, the people that are in our kind of bubble, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think everyone really undersells themselves. And I think I did undersell myself in the interview process um, because of the similar things. But it's just a matter of looking at like, look at the things I've done, look what I can do. And then the big one that I've found is you really need to look at what are you bringing otherwise? What are your non-code skills? What are your soft skills? That was such a huge, huge one for me. So let's let's talk about then how you how you sold yourself versus how you would sell yourself now, right? So okay. ima imagine imagine you back, you know, uh, you're you're going on that interview, and you know you talking about your experience, you're talking about your app. How did you do it then? What advice would you give yourself now? It's funny because I almost, in looking back, it's like, how little did you know, right? So it's almost like, I'd be like, you need to learn more, but that wasn't actually the case. Um, I think the advice that I would give myself is just know the things that, it, it wasn't a matter of how much I knew or didn't know. It was the things that you know, make sure you really know them. Like you should be able to understand and explain everything that your app is doing. You wrote every single line of code. You should be able to explain every single line of code. You should be very confident in showing off your project. It doesn't matter that your project is simple. Um, anyone who is interviewing somebody for their first role 
uh, as a junior developer, they know that. They know you're not going to have this amazing full-blown app that does everything. If you did that, you probably have a lot more experience in the world and you probably got something that you're going to be trying to put out there and monetize. So the biggest thing would be just have an understanding and a confidence in the projects that you built. So this goes to don't just copy and paste things off Stack Overflow, like write them. If you do grab stuff off Stack Overflow, that's cool, but understand what it's doing. Understand why you've got the dependencies you do. Understand what it took to deploy it, um, what each uh, API call is doing. If you can explain all those things with confidence and why did you make these decisions? Why did you use Mongo instead of a SQL database? Why did you use this for your backend? Um, why did you do that particular line of code? If you can talk about those things, it's going to make it so that you can answer things confidently, but you've also got the ability to talk about the things that you've done because that's a big one. Tell me about a project you did. Tell me about a problem you had. Tell me about something you solved. Tell me about something you're proud of. All of a sudden, all those behavioral questions have answers. Yeah, I've um, I've definitely made that mistake before of making a project. And then when I actually look at it, I'm like, this works great, but I have no idea what it's doing. Um, so <laughs> I think it's funny that you mentioned that. It's, it's really important. And it goes along with like the vice... I always get, which is like, don't build 10 projects for your portfolio, narrow it down to a few and like really go deep with, you know, um, your knowledge of it and, and knowing how it works and like functionality and things like that. Yeah. And I mean, once you get over, once you have a few projects, it's okay to go back and improve projects too. That's a huge one. If you, instead of, like you say, six or 10 simple projects, you have three, two, three, four products, and like one of them is really well built out and it's got a lot going on. That's that's amazing. So you're you build your projects, right? You feel ready to apply for jobs. Walk us through that. So, how did you start applying for jobs? What was that process like for you? Um, and yeah, walk us through that. Okay, so at that point, it was like I built this full stack project in public with a lot of suggestions and advice from people. And when I finally put it out there, it was almost kind of an announcement. I was like, I've done this project. Look at this. These are the things I'm going to start looking for work now. Kind of very similar, uh, Matthew, to a post that you made recently. You're like, I'm ready. I'm going to start that part of the journey, that kind of next step. It was very similar for me. I was like, okay, we're going to do this. So at that point I had started, okay, we're going to start cold applying. Not thinking in my head, we're cold applying. I was like, I'm going to start applying for work. I like these companies. I see these jobs. I see all this stuff going on. And then the rejections start piling in because at the beginning, our resume sucks. Um, we're not presenting ourselves very well. Um, I didn't even have a portfolio at that point. It was just like, Hey, I've got some cool projects on the GitHub. Like, look at this. So Advice that I give often is you've got to kind of be improving everything all the time because eventually you hit that point where you're like, okay, it's not only do I feel ready, but somebody else sees that I am as well. So it was applying and I think it was two or three weeks. And when I totally gave up on cold applying, I was like, no more, I'm done with this. I, unless it's a company that's like a dream company with a dream role, I am done cold applying. I just, I didn't like it. It, it burnt me out. It just made me feel awful. You just rejection after rejection. And I mean, I'm the person who'll go out and meet new people and like rejection. Okay. Not a big deal, but like 40 or 50 things rolling into your email. That's just like rejection, rejection, rejection. I was like, I don't like this. I'm not going to do this. Nothing against for most people. 
pulled applying. I in polls I've done in the past, it's about 50-50 whether people land their job through cold applying or a referral. But I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I took a step back and that was kind of that like fail early, fail often kind of thing. I took a step back and I was like, what am I doing? What don't I like? What can I do differently and better? And I looked at, again, all the advice, a skill that I've been really good at um, and honed is taking other people's advice and kind of distilling it. Like, is this good advice or is it not good advice? Does it apply to me? Can I make it work? Um, So I really took a bunch of advice, talked to a bunch of people. I'm like, what should I be doing? And it just kept coming up that like referral, um, warm applying, knowing people, the coffee chats, that sort of thing. And so I, I really doubled down on all of that. It was like, rather than putting this hour or two a day into applying for jobs, I'm going to spread that out into everything else. I can spend a little more time on my projects. I'm going to be posting on LinkedIn more often. I'm going to talk to anyone who will listen to me, um, whether it's to show off a project, whether it's to learn about their company. It wasn't messaging people like, hey, I want to work or, hey, I, I see you're hiring or I see your company is hiring. It was a genuine I want to build my network. I want to talk to people. I want to learn. And I would always ask for advice. Never asking for a job, but always asking for advice. So cut that part out. No more cold applying. Really went hard on just meeting people, talking to people. And and that's what resulted in me eventually getting an amazing referral and my current job. That's That's a really powerful quote there. Never asking for a job, always asking for advice. This drives me absolutely nuts. On LinkedIn, one of the things, there's lots of stuff that drives me me nuts on LinkedIn, but one that really bothers me, grinds my gears, is people messaging me, asking me if my company is hiring. If if either of you guys who I've spoken to for how long messaged me was like, hey, Live Nation is hiring. Can you refer me to this job? I'm like, hell yeah, send me your stuff. But what I get all the time, this is multiple times a week, somebody will just message me and they'll be like, hey, are you hiring? Okay, first off, you put zero effort into actually looking at the website to see if it's hiring. I've had the odd person be like, hey, there's this specific job I like at Live Nation. Like, would you refer me to it? And I'm like, oh, let's jump on a call so I can at least see who I'm referring. Like, I'm not here to interview you. I've had that done to me. But I'm like, I just want to know who you are. I want to know that I'm I'm not just referring some random iffy person. But for the most part, it's like, hey, can you refer me? Like, are you guys hiring? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a recruiter, man. Like, what? This this is not how it works. That's not how a referral works. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that a little bit more, right? And I I I think most people that know you know some of your story, but know more about like you're the guy who advocates for junior developers on LinkedIn, who advocates for networking, for creating, you know good communication, genuine communication, like you said, genuine connections. Let's talk about, you know, how LinkedIn has evolved for you and how you've, you know, I don't want to say manage that strategy in the beginning, because that sounds a little too formulaic, right? But like, that's another thing where I'm sure there was mistakes in the beginning and you learned from that process. But like, you know, I know myself personally, I didn't start doing the LinkedIn thing until like just a couple of months ago, really like in earnest. And I was, you know, attending some virtual meetups and sending out connection requests. And, you know, when they'd be like, Oh, put your link in the chat and go and connect with all those people. And that's fine. That's a thing to do. 
but now I know I'm like, anytime anybody sends me a connection request, I'm going to say hello. I'm going to ask like how they got into programming. I'm going to ask, you know, what they're into, what they're working on. And like that stuff makes a bigger difference to me and what I found now versus, you know, just send out those random requests and kind of just build your network. So how did you approach LinkedIn in the beginning? And then what, what is that evolution like for you? So I got a really good kind of glimpse into this blast from the past when I downloaded my LinkedIn history for the last year. And there is a very marked distinction at the point where I got my job offer as what my content looked like, what I was doing. And all of a sudden I was able to kind of focus it because when you're looking, you're not sure what's working. And especially if you go the path that I recommend, and that's not the cold applying, when you're cold applying, you're getting immediate re, um, you're getting reaction, you're getting, um, I can't think of the word right now, but immediately you have some sort of feedback. When you're doing it more the networking, um, meeting people, that sort of thing, you're not getting immediate feedback because people aren't rejecting you. You're not getting the, no, I don't want to be in your thing. No, I don't want to talk to you. It's just not really a thing. Everyone's like, yeah, sure. So you don't even get negative feedback. So with zero feedback, it can be a lot harder. So you don't know what is actually working. And that's what it was for me. But this is why I encourage people that that's okay. That, that doesn't matter. Just post, just be consistent about things, just do things. It's not always going to be right. It's not always going to be perfect, but it's about having your name out there on a bunch of stuff all the time. It doesn't have to be great stuff all the time. Um, the stuff that you guys are doing is so far ahead of the stuff that I was working on and posting and doing um, back before I landed a job. Um, and now it's kind of, it's evolved a lot and I have a little bit more strategy. Then it was really just put my name out there, talk about the things I'm doing, build in public. I'm like, some really smart people in this industry have told me building in public is, is a good idea. So I'm like, I'm going to build in public and meet people. All right. And coffee chats and all these things. I just, it was that kind of distilling advice. I'm like, these people I trust I'm going to take their advice and I'm going to, there's a name for that theory too, just I'm going to blindly follow it. Um, I don't think it was really blind because of their wisdom and their advice, but I was like, I'm going to do this because I think that's going to work and it's working a lot better than cold applying for work is. So that really helped a lot in that side of things. Um, but yeah, I, I don't recommend any real specific thing except for try to stand out a little bit, a little bit which again is what you guys both do really well. Yeah, we we are uh, we advocate for that pretty pretty um, often. And one thing that that you just mentioned, and, and I think is really important, is just having your name show up in people's feeds every single day. This way, because when I when I personally see somebody on like my LinkedIn page every day, I'm like, all right, obviously I can't ignore this person. I keep seeing them. Who are they? And that leads to like a conversation and now now I'm interested in what you're doing. So the the building in in public thing is really, really important. And what was your process for building in public? So building in public for me was literally just talking about what I'm doing. I think a lot of people think it's a lot bigger than it actually is. I would just talk about what I was doing, what I plan on doing today, where I'm at. And that could be a lot of different things. It didn't have to be posting where I'm at in the project. It didn't have to be the exact thing that I was doing right that second. Um, I started to get where I could plan it a little bit. It was like, oh, today I'm putting, I'm working on authentication in X app. Um, today I'm learning about this. Today I learned. Those are the biggest ones. Um, and I think 
why it's so important is you're showing those people that see you over and over and over again that you are learning, that you are improving. So sure, a few months ago, you're like, oh, I just learned how to like change the text color on my like super simple HTML website. I'm learning CSS. Okay, a few months later, they're seeing you, you're learning React. Okay, look at this, like they've been consistent. I think consistency is a big one. Everyone wants to work with, everyone wants to be connected with people who are consistent, people who work hard. So they see, oh, they're doing React now. Okay, now they're learning these things. Look at this project they're putting out. Like they're they're advancing really quickly. Um, their code's getting better because you start posting code snippets. And that is 100% what got me recognized and what got me this referral is he had reached out and he was like, hey, um, I've seen the code that you've been posting. I've seen what you've been doing. Your, your code is getting a lot better. We're looking for a junior. Would you be interested? And I mean what better thing to wake up to in your or wake up to or whatever it was in your inbox was exactly that message. And that's what I had been looking for. And I think the most amazing part about that is this was the person that originally gave me the advice to build in public over a year ago. So you start that building in public process, right? I think a lot of folks that we, we talk to you know, Matt and I both have these kind of conversations individually where people reach out to us and they say some really, really nice things, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then they say the things like, I'm scared to get started, right? I'm nervous to build in public. I'm nervous to put myself out there. Um, you know, we have our own advice that we have given, but we'd love to hear your advice to those folks that just say, I don't think I can do it because I'm scared. I'm not good enough. What are people going to say about me? I'm sure you have that a lot too. You hear that all the time. All the time. And my first question is always, okay, that, that's reasonable, but like, what are you trying to do? What if you could get one thing right now? Like, what do you want? And the answer is almost always, I want to get noticed. I need somebody to notice me. Cool. How are you going to do that? And then it clicks like, oh, I'm like, you're not going to email people your projects. You're not going to do this in super private. Um, maybe you'll get lucky and have an amazing mentor a one-on-one -on -one relationship that can at some point offer you a job. I see that occasionally, but for most people, the way that you are going to get noticed, the way that you can show off the things you're going to do is build in public. And there's a bunch of stuff that goes along with that. I've got a whole stream of advice that goes with this. The first and foremost is if you're new to LinkedIn, if you're not already doing this, um, which is probably where you're at, because if you for asking me this question, it tells me you're probably not very active on LinkedIn to begin with. You're not already doing that put yourself out there thing. Your first five, six, 10, 20, 50 posts aren't going to really get seen that much. You've probably got less than a few hundred connections. A few people are going to see it. Um, anytime I see someone new, I try to like say hello, um, encourage them in some way, give them some sort of positive feedback to, to help them kind of get into this. But my original post, my first post would get seen by like, it'd be like 50 or 100 people. I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I like somebody's seeing this. And then you get like one or two comments by somebody because you got connections on LinkedIn that you have relationships with from somewhere else. And then maybe they share something. Maybe they comment. And then you keep doing this. In like a few weeks, you start getting a few more. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, I got 200 views on that. And it's like, oh, I got like three or four comments. That's pretty cool. Like I'm getting a little bit of engagement. And then it grows and it grows. And I think what's really nice about that is you get this gradual ramp up into being a little more noticed. You start out a little nobody, nobody's going to really see it. But for that exact reason, just do it. 
the worst thing is, the worst thing that can happen is somebody comes on and they're a dick to you. And okay, you can delete that post. You can delete them. You can tell them, stop being a dick, whatever. But most people aren't going to see. It's not like they're going to ruin your career because they said, oh, you're bad at something. But today from a post that I saw on LinkedIn was the first time I've ever seen anyone be negative about stuff like that. Somebody trying to do something on LinkedIn. Um, that's That's the basis of it. You're not going to, unless you get really lucky and they might not consider this lucky, but you're not going to go super viral on post number one or two or five. Just post things, put things out there. You're going to learn how it works. You're going to post stupid stuff. If you look back on this kind of journey and you're not a little embarrassed of something you did, you really didn't try to put yourself out there that bad. Yeah. And um, I, I get this question all the time. And I always say like, what are you portraying yourself as? Like, who are you? Well, you're a newcomer and you're building in public and you look like a newcomer. Where's the problem there? I, you know, you're okay. at, exactly. Yes. If you're portraying yourself as somebody who's learning and growing and your work shows that you're learning and growing, what's there to be scared of? Right. And um, another thing I did was actually look through, I looked through your posts and I was like, okay, well, what did Andrew do and what worked for Andrew? And I was like, <laughs> well, okay, well, that worked. And he was able to do that. So I can do the same thing, right? And um, I think it's really important to to model after what worked for others and also ask asking for help. And I know that you mentioned that earlier. So how would that conversation go between you and somebody that you're asking for help or, or asking for feedback from? So I typically did that very publicly as well. If I had a question, I had a few people that I could talk to, but it's kind of like at work too. I don't want to bother the same person all the time because you're going to wear them out on you too. Um, you've got to kind of spread that level around a little bit. But on LinkedIn, you can ask questions just the same way as I might message Eric. Hey, I've got a question about this thing. Can you help me with it? You can do that exact same thing on LinkedIn. So I would be like, hey, I'm having a problem understanding uh, how this particular JavaScript function or method works. Um, I'd post some code. I'd be like, this is what I'm doing. I can't seem to straighten it out. Can someone help me with it? And it was almost a guaranteed somebody's going to help because if somebody understands what you're asking, if you're any sort of junior, if you've only been learning this for a while, you're not having new problems. You're having problems that have been run into over and over and over again. So you can post something like that. And this is an amazing way to build a network. Post your questions. When somebody answers, thank them, be appreciative but apply that and then come back and tell them what you've done. Because if somebody's going to help you, they want to see you succeed. If they don't see you succeed, they don't, they don't kind of close that feedback loop. But if I put that out there, Hey, um, can you help me? I'm not understanding how to use the map function in order to iterate over an array. And Eric's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, you just got uh, this part in there wrong. You're not doing X. Okay, cool. So I go back and I work on that and I figure it out and it works. And then I come back, I say, oh, wow, that's amazing. Okay, so here's the new code. This is what's working. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I might even send him a, a message on LinkedIn. Be like, hey, thanks. I really like, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. You took the time out of your day to do that. Um, and now you've got something for tomorrow too. I'm amazed. I'm blown away. Uh, yesterday, I asked a, a really simple question, which was probably a dumb newbie question. But uh, Eric came along and he explained it to me. He even jumped on a call with me to explain what was going on. So I just wanted to make a little call out like, thank you, Eric. That was really cool of you. Now you've got somebody else who not only saw you on LinkedIn, they helped you with something. You made something of a personal, very warm connection with them. 
that's that's so much more important than like having how many thousands of followers that have no idea who you are or just some people recommend just go on there and like connect with a whole bunch of people blindly connect 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 and you, you've done that five or six hundred times okay but you don't know any of those people you've got a better literally everything with that one person that maybe helped you out just because you put yourself out there a little bit yeah, it's that exact scenario that you just described with you and Eric happened with me and Eric. I posted, <laughs> yeah, like literally word match. for word. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I reached out to him and j- just for like a call. And I casually mentioned that like I was having issue with one of my projects and he fixed it in like five, 10 minutes. And I was like, my mind is blown. Oh, cool. This is I awesome. Amazing. Yeah, we made a good connection on that call too. And it was like the day before we were going to have our actual first call. We were going to just like, Hey, let's meet each other. Right. And see, it's, that's, it's that's very cool. exactly, exactly it. Like that's, that's that coffee chat. It's kind of doing it with no real reason, except for to meet some people. And you can just do it with so many different things. Yeah. I, I would like to kind of distill a lot of this advice down, right? Because you've said so many awesome things that, you know, I hope anybody that ends up listening to this takes this advice. And I, I think, you know, the thing that I'm kind of gathering here is you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail throughout this process, but try different things, right? Eventually you kind of fall into what works for you. But the real big thing is take the chance on yourself out there, right? Put yourself out there. You're going to take the chance on yourself trying to make this transition and, and learn this new thing, right? Learning software engineering is hard. And it's really hard to do it on your own. So the sooner you can find that community and make those connections, it's just going to help you in the long run. Um, so I think now we're at the point where, Andrew, you've done your, your humble beginnings and making your career change and having your LinkedIn journey and you've gotten your referral. And let's talk about, um, I know you've given some of this stuff on, on your podcast, Looney Engineering. But let's talk about getting into that first job, right? And I think you've been there for like half a year now or so. Yep, coming uh, up on seven over. months now. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some of the biggest lessons, right? Because you know, we like to focus on the self-taught aspect and you are a self-taught individual. So we're expecting knowledge gaps, right? You're expecting knowledge gaps going into any first job as a junior. But what were some of your like biggest surprises of like, oh, I didn't even think about thinking about this before mm-hmm. I started here. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're self-taught or boot camp or CS grad or anything. You don't know everything. It's impossible. Um, I, I don't set us self-taught people as any lower than anyone else. I think we're right up there. I've got my reasons. I think we're awesome. And a lot of that is because we figured it out on our own. And that's literally what we do all day. Um, but things that I got there and I was like, whoa, I had no idea. Like literally everything. The React project that you build, the, the, like the Create React app and you put every line of code into it and you really don't have many dependencies or weird things going on. It doesn't even feel like the same project. The same. It doesn't even feel like the same library or framework. It doesn't even feel like React when you start looking at these production scale, huge code bases. I dug into it and it was like, okay, here's a, here's a ticket. Um, once we got everything set up in my like repos, my local environment working. Okay. Here's a very simple ticket. Um, dive in, let us know uh, when you get stuck. Cause you're going to cool. start looking, 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 I'm digging around. I'm like, what is going on? There's translations in here and internationalization. There's 
all sorts of libraries that we're using. There's just so many things going on, the way they're doing state management. There's some older legacy code in there that I just have no idea what it's doing. Uh, we had Ember apps. Um, we've got uh, Rails for the API. I had only just kind of learned some Rails for this job. So many things that are going on. You're just like, I have no idea. But this is every day. Um, today, I'm working on finishing something up I've been working on for the last couple of weeks. I'm still like seeing new things. And I mean, I'm only coming up on seven months in. I've got a long way to go. There's a lot to learn. I see developers I work with that have been at this company for years and years being like, oh, huh, that's new. And that always makes me feel really good to be like, okay, it's not just me being here with my inexperience. There are so many things that just going through this kind of goes back to the tutorials, just going through tutorials, just following what other people are doing. It's never going to make you good at this. You really have to struggle with things. You've really got to have that problem solving, um, figuring out how to do things on your own, uh, which is why I think self-taught is amazing because we haven't been taught all this thing. Not to say anything about bootcamp grads, you're made to do a lot of that as well. Um, and it's similar to doing the courses, but you really need to spend that time building things on your own, digging into other people's code, uh, seeing how other people are doing things. That was really the big one for me. There's just so many ways to do it. We go through the kind of standard, basic learning JavaScript, learning React. So we learn the kind of established basic patterns. This is how you do something. But there's so many ways to do it. There's better ways to do it. There's worse ways to do it. There's just different ways to do it. Um, for everything that you write out, you can write it really long. You can refactor into something really pretty in a nice little package. Um, you can abstract code away. You can have other files going on. Your file structures can be different. Where things are can be different. And that even changes in major versions. When we see things like next 13 over next 12, we started moving things around. There's a lot going on. You'll never know it all. So you've just got to have that. I'm going to dive in here. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, so uh, clearly there was a big uh, transition in your thinking from when you were just learning to on the job. What worked for you while you were learning that, uh, like applied to your job? What helped you um, and made things easier once you started working? It was that struggling with things on your own, that, like I said, a big project, working on other projects, um, trying to collaborate with other people here and there. I did it a little bit. Um, there were a couple projects that I worked with, um, one with a more senior developer, um, one with uh just another friend that was learning react and we're like hey let's build something jump on each other's projects make pull requests um ask somebody if they want some help with their code because it doesn't have to be somebody super senior who's way better at this it could just be someone else it can be someone else who's learning if you go and look at their code if you help them maybe build a feature out maybe add something to their code but like work with each other on this sort of thing and all of a sudden it's like i didn't write all this code how do I make the thing that I want to do work there? Because that's what you're going to do all the time. I didn't write all this, I don't know how many thousands and hundreds or tens of thousands of lines of code at universe. I didn't write it, but I have to go in there and I have to dig around and break things until I can make something work and I can complete my ticket. Andrew, a question that I want to ask you, something that I, I am having some challenges with recently, and I think a lot of folks out there might be as well. Let's talk about time management. You're a guy I see doing a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. And I think you feel it too, where you're like, I got a lot of projects going on and I need to really 
put myself in a position where I can be successful and all this stuff. You, you know, work on your personal projects. You've got your full-time job now. You're doing podcasts. You're active on LinkedIn. You're encouraging other folks. You host your coffee chats every other Thursday. I'm probably forgetting about stuff. What <laughs> at a comprehensive list? What what is? I guess I don't want to really ask your advice because advice is we can get there, but I want to hear a breakdown of your evolution of like what what did you what mistakes did you make along the way trying to do all this stuff and <laughs> how did you find your way to getting a better process here? I'm gonna answer one thing there if I can. Am I gonna be able to show you? Are we gonna go back far enough here? Yeah. So I've got, I'm not much of a note taker, um, but I have, I'm big on scheduling. I'm big on calendars, um, big on to-do lists. And that was a huge part of being successful in both learning as well as being successful at work and in juggling all of these things. And it goes back to that uh, reply I made to your post about that, about the time management. You've got to figure out what works for you. Some people can just go out there and do things and they're just fine. But for me, it was a lot of time boxing. So like if I roll back here, you can see this, this was May 11th and not that you're gonna read all this, but by hour, I literally mm -hmm. time box my days by hour. I don't do this so much at work because I do need to dive into things a little bit differently. But when I was learning, I would sit down uh, every Sunday night and I, I would actually have my monthly goals. So I'd start with that. What do I want to get done this month? And that might have been complete a course. It might have been apply for X number of jobs when I was doing that. Um, it was getting through a certain amount of things in my projects, um, certain number of coffee chats. And then I break that down, kind of what do I need to do each week? And then on Sunday nights, I would sit down and I would say, what do I want to get done this week? And then every morning I would sit down, flip to a new page, eight to six, and I'd write down, what am I going to do today? And then I had to stick to that because I couldn't go down the rabbit hole of LinkedIn. I couldn't spend an entire day on my project work. I couldn't spend a whole day talking to people. I do very well if I, I cut up my day a little bit more rather than like all day I'm going to do this, then all day I'm going to do this. That really helped me with the time management. Um, I'm going to work on these things and then I'm going to take this time off and then, okay, I'm going to have this weekend off. So that really helps me with the time management more so now with keeping up with everything it's just keeping a good calendar uh, at the moment my uh, hey google on my phone is not working and it's driving me nuts because even this uh to sit down with you guys today i had it in the calendar but this morning i go through my calendars usual okay what's going on today i go okay hey google um can you add an alarm for uh x time so that i remember to do things because if i don't have my list and my reminders things just don't get done but then it would be like hey you need to do this i'd be like, oh, okay cool i'll jump on that chat or jump on something because it's very easy for me to get into working on something and just totally forget about the rest of the world and it's like oh i'm supposed to be talking to so and so today um and the fact that that's not working is kind of like hurting my productivity right now and i just need to fix that that is a big one for me in the time management. Um, now though, there's not nothing too out of the ordinary for me. I'm not one of these guys that gets up at four in the morning to get things done um, or while it's quiet or anything like that. Um, I get up, eat breakfast, sit down and start working away with my coffee, uh, check in on Slack, uh, see what's going on, um, look at what I was doing yesterday, what I'm gonna do today, kind of semi-plan my days, look at my meetings, look at anything extra that's going on. Um, other than that, like 
there's a lot going on, but I never feel like it's too much. But I think that's got to do with you got to go back a little bit and you got to say no sometimes. You've got to, no, I can't do that. No, a big no for me this year has been, I can't take on coffee chat, multiple coffee chats every week. I just don't have the time to talk to everyone all the time. But I put on my coffee chat every other week and I invite everyone to it. So now I'm helping out 20, 30, 40 people every other week rather than maybe a couple people a week that I am starting to not have as much time to do that sort of thing. But I get to have more impact that way. Um, same as jumping on calls like this. I'm getting more and more invites to, hey, we'd love to come. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love if you'd come and talk to our group. Yeah, okay, I can do things like that. Um, LinkedIn, I try and pre-write a little bit, have things written up at night, and then have them scheduled. Scheduling is amazing. So it's going to post at 8 o'clock in the morning, right when I want it to. It doesn't matter if I haven't gotten out of bed yet. It's still going to do the thing. Um, the podcast has been amazing. That's a way that I get to continue to put my name out there. And every time somebody listens to it, I think that's really cool. Same as you guys are doing here. So it really helps with that. And just scheduling things out. Like, I want to do these things. Prioritize. What do you want to do and what's not that important? I find it interesting that you mentioned, uh, like, saying no to things. Uh, I feel like early on, since we want to be a sponge, it's so hard to just say no and get overwhelmed easily. I I, um, had to deal with that for a little bit until I just started saying no to people. Like, respectfully, um, I'm sorry, but I cannot. Um, Yeah, that's, that's not easy to do to say no to things when it comes down to it i think it's got to be a little bit selfish and i think that's why some people have a problem with saying no because they can't be selfish enough and they're not putting themselves first so what i kind of had to step back and do is look at like i was like oh if i if i start telling people no like if i start saying no i don't have time for a coffee chat like who am i like i'm this guy who suggests you should be coffee chatting with everyone you should be doing all these things so who am i who the hell am i to say, no, I will not sit down for 15 minutes. I do not have time to do that. But then I'm like, wait a second. I put out so much content. I put out so much to help people. So now what I've done is it's not so much saying no, but it's a little bit of a redirect. Hey, I'd love to sit down with you for 15 minutes. Hey, here's the thing. Um, I put out a lot of content, jump on my blog. You're going to get a lot more value out of doing these things. Jump on my blog, read from like mid-July when I got my job through till about now you're going to get way more value out of that than you are asking me the same questions that everyone asks. Um, and that gives me an idea. I should do like a, just a, a copy chat, like by myself and just answer those questions. I'll be like, here, here's the questions you're going to have. I'm going to do that. <laughs> point them, point them um, here, point them in this episode. Yeah, exactly. That'd be really good. Actually. I will link them here. So, but that was the thing. I'm like, most people are going to ask you very similar questions. And I've answered them over and over on LinkedIn, which also is my blog. Um, if you look at or listen to my podcast, listen to things like this. I'm like, so you're not going to get any specific value out of speaking to me right now like this. Um, there is a certain value, okay, of the relationship that we could have um, with that. But the way that I add to that is I say, go and do these things. Uh, spend a bit of time, read that, read my LinkedIn, um, look at all the things I've done. Then if you have specific questions, if you want to learn about exactly what I'm doing, if you want to learn a little bit more about my company, I'm happy to jump on that call with you because it's going to add a lot more value. Um, and also it's kind of, it's led into that why I'm doing the coaching now as well. It just helps protect my time a little bit more. Um, people are often very quick to ask you to do things for free. And you guys are going to get a lot more of this, the more and more recognized you become. You're going to get the people that message you. Can you help me with my project? Can you uh, 
um, spend some sort of amount of time, even though you don't know me, doing these things. And this industry is great for people helping out with that. And I do a lot of it, but I've got to cut it down a little bit in order to do the things that I also want to do. I, I'm laughing as you say that because I've already had, surprisingly, some folks ask me similar things mm-hmm. and had a conversation with somebody today. And when they when we scheduled the call, they were like, you don't charge for this, right? And I was just like, should I be? Maybe I should. And Eventually, maybe, right? But yeah. And that's that's what I started for. I'm like, listen, I will sit down with you for an hour. It will be my undivided attention. I will go through everything that you're doing right and wrong. I'll go over your resume. I'll go over all the things. I don't want to turn this into a promotional thing for me. But I used to do a lot of this for free with people. Um, and even Eric, when you jumped on the coffee chat with me back in December, that was kind of what I was doing. But it was that day that made me really realize I need to do something a little more with this. I can be more helpful to fewer people, which is okay, because I'm also helpful to so many people in the the wider free content that I put out. All right. So there we have it, people. Andrew Clarkson, somebody who I talk about mentors a lot. And Andrew is somebody who uh, I consider to be a mentor for me, been absolutely helpful. You've helped me grow my confidence. And you're definitely a great role model for junior devs and people just getting to into the industry. So I really appreciate that. Where can people find you? Now's the time to talk about your stuff. Like, where do you want people to be, to be directed to, to find you? Cool. Um, probably the best place, um, find me on LinkedIn and there's a link at the top of my post that you can hit my link tree. And that's got everything. That's got the coffee chats. Uh, so Andrew's coffee chats, that is, Everyone is invited. Uh, You don't have to ask. You don't need an invite. You don't need a passcode or anything to get in. Uh, You can just jump on the Zoom call. It's every other Thursday night at 7 p.m. You guys will both be guests as soon as you. I could have you on now, but I try and have people that like have already landed the job. So not far off for you guys when I'll be asking you to be on that show as well. Um, Beyond that, I've got the podcast, Looney Engineering. We just released episode four. I do that with Chris. Uh, That's a really fun one as well. So if you're in a podcast and listening to this, you might like what we say over there. And LinkedIn, I post every day. I also put all of those posts on a weekly-ish basis on my blog. So they're just a little bit easier to read and search and kind of dig through. And then I'm doing paid coaching now as well. So if you want to have me look over all the things that you've done, um, give you specific advice. We have so many blind spots when we're looking for work. We just don't know what we don't know. And I've been through it really recently. So uh, I do paid coaching that I will jump on for an hour or half an hour, or I will specifically just review your resume or your portfolio. I do like a, a video screen share kind of thing. And I go through everything. And I've done this for a few people. I've done it I used to do it basically free before and help a lot of people out. Um, now I've got a few clients that I, I deal with with this and uh, I've helped people land jobs. So I'm really hoping that I can help more people land more jobs. All right. Awesome. Uh, anything, any last thoughts, Eric? I, I just encourage people to follow Andrew's content. Um, I, I assume you probably are already by this point, but if you're not, definitely a source of inspiration, especially for those of you just getting started who need that push in the right direction, who need to see any kind of positive messaging. You know, you see this guy commenting on people's posts, encouraging, um, making the effort to put himself out there and to bring people up around him, which is tremendous. 
And if there's anybody you're going to model, model yourself after, make sure it's Andrew. Fantastic guy. Uh, that's that's what's on my mind. At the moment. Well, thank all you. Right. That's all a lot of really nice things you said. And my girlfriend will hate you for blowing on my ego even further. But uh, I appreciate all of that. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Andrew. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I really appreciate it. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for having me.